If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the Weekly Exchange. This week in Forex and Strategy Game News, we have updates on Thea 2, Civilization 6, Planetfall, Stellaris, and much, much more. Troy. Hey, Troy. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Nate. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm feeling better, finally. Yeah, that's good. So how about you? How are you doing? Uh, I had kind of a tough week. Uh, mm. Again, I had a series of tough weeks here, but um, mm. starting to see daylight on the other side, I think after this next week, I'll have most of the issues cleared up and be able to start enjoying life again. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah, it's not a joke. You're right. <laughs> As soon as you say something like that, it's like, uh-huh, cleared up? No problem. I got a few wrenches I can throw at you. I'm sure I can gum things up real quick. Yeah, Anyways, why don't, why, why don't we talk about something else? Let's 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 talk about something positive. So why, why don't you tell us about Thea 2? All right. So on November 30th, Thea 2 hit early access, uh, as promised. And, um, man, I think a lot of people are playing it, Nate. Uh in the first day they got reams and reams of feedback and so on december 1st they got a patch out for thea 2 and they got reams and reams and reams of more feedback so on december 2nd there's been another patch so they patched it each day of early access so far and i think that they'll probably do that until the uh, bug reports and major problems kind of died down a little bit so uh, some of the things that they've done, some of the more significant changes, I guess I should say, is children grow up a little bit quicker now. Um, they've kind of uh, made sure that you get a cosmic seed on turn one. Cosmic seeds are what you use to found a um, a town, okay, or a village. Uh, they have also made it so that the wandering monsters in the early part of the game aren't quite so vicious and strong, which is really good, because you start off with practically nothing. Now, you can start off, like, in my current game, I guess we'll talk about this more later, but my game, I started off with three adults and one child, which is not much. I mean, that's that's less than you would start off with in a lot of cases in the first game. So, uh, yeah, they're trying to make the early game a bit more friendly to the player, and also, uh, man, they're just fixing tons of bugs and already doing a little bit of rebalancing. So uh, mm-hmm. it looks good. Uh, mm-hmm. The forums on Steam are just alight with people posting. Like, I'm looking at them right now. Uh, 
everything's like posted an hour ago on the front page or less. So there's still people, tons of people playing it. And you got to go back. I think it's like four pages to find something that was posted from. No, it's longer than that now. You got to go back six pages to find something from yesterday. So that's how many threads they're getting for this game. So there is a ton of interest in Thea 2 right now. Uh, people posting all kinds of things. I saw one thread. A guy posted, hey, this game doesn't seem like it's finished and it's got a few bugs. What What's going on? This is stupid. I can't get my I money saw, back. I saw that too. I was <laughs> laughing so hard. Some of the comments are like, um, it's early access. He's like, the game should be working perfectly. And they're like, bro, it's on the front screen. Big sign, big warning, big everything. Early access, early access. Click on F8 if you find bugs. I mean, come on. Yeah, like the the posters just like dogpiled that guy for saying an early access game seems unfinished. Yeah. The, <laughs> the thing is, what's really funny is that there are games that are out in full release from AAA studios that don't have as much contact or as content or as much polish as Thea has right now. Yeah. So, okay, you know what? I'll I'll save this for the games we're playing. Yeah, yeah, I really I want to talk the, about it then. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's move on to the next one. Okay. So, um on the last show we talked about the reveal from Fraxis Studios that there's a new major expansion coming for Civ 6 called Gathering Storm, and this past week they went ahead and they revealed the first faction in the game. Now, this faction is a first-time faction. What that means is they have never been in a modern Civ game. I don't think they've ever been in any Civ game. And this is Hungry. They're led by Matthias Corvinus. Now, as a small aside, if you are somebody who watched, who likes werewolf and vampire movies, you would that name should be familiar. Well, Corvinus family from the Underworld movies. Right, so that's exactly that's, what I thought of. <laughs> yeah, like the first time I saw his name, I'm like, okay. And then I see like historical agendas called the Raven Banner, and he's called, and that's uh, so basically they levy troops from city states and they get bonuses to them and they get envoys from the city states. That's pretty big. Now the leader, he's called the Raven king so these levy troops also get movement and bonuses and combat strength bonuses and um it doesn't cost anything to upgrade these levy troops i mean you oh, still have to pay for them but it, but when you upgrade them you don't have to pay so um there's that's that's pretty like I, i'm not sure if that's a mechanic to play tall or if it's a mechanic to play wide but with not too many troops while protecting independent cities or city-states around you and having good relations with them. So if something happens, you can immediately start, you know, pulling them in, you know, hiring them. Yeah, it might for, be a different play style altogether. Yeah, exactly. Now, their special ability is called Pearl of the Danube, and basically they get a 50% production to districts and buildings that are constructed across a river from the city center. So the main beat to this civilization is you want to build your cities along rivers and they get all kinds of bonuses as a result of that so that's i mean that's talk about a new civilization that's using the mechanics that they're introducing so you have flooding but then you have ways to mitigate it like um dams and 
channels and things like that. So you can, like, for example, in my past experiences, I usually like to settle by the coast or play like large island maps because I like to have navies. But if you're landlocked, you can't really have a navy now, can you? Right. So with the creation of these channels, you can sort of have a navy as long as you're not too far inland. If you're three, four, five tiles away from the water, you can create channels or canals, whatever you want to call them. And uh, you basically build your ships and then you send them across and you know they it's kind of like the panama canal or the suez canal you know so kind of like that so it's very interesting now we're gonna have a link in here that's from a community member and a developer it's um uh he goes by Ariok. he worked in stars and shadows the artist from stars and shadows got his own comic he's a huge huge civ fan and he his side well of souls he's been collecting all kinds of interesting data he's been for lack of a better word, scrounging on Reddit and everywhere else looking for information. And he has a pretty crazy list talking about all the leaders that are potentially coming in um, in this expansion. So the first one is uh, Matthias Cor- uh, Corvinus from Hungary. Then we have Fun- uh, Dido from Phoenicia returning. Now, remember how last week I was talking about how much I miss having King Kamehameha from Polynesia? Yeah. Well, it might be somebody else. It might be Maori, which is Polynesian, but it's more specific. It's not like the greater Polynesian, I don't know even how to describe it, island states, I suppose, but it's a specific action. They're the guys that are on New Zealand. If you follow rugby or if you watch the, what was that Disney movie? Ah, uh, a recent one. Moana, yeah, she was Maori. So there's that. There's Sweden is coming back with a new leader. Inca is coming. The Inca are coming back. Mali is coming back. The Ottomans and Canada. And then there might be a shared leader for England or France, which is a first. I cannot remember them ever doing that, where a single leader could lead one of two different nations. Maybe so do this is William the Conqueror that way. Well, they could, but they didn't in the past. Yeah. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how accurate this list is. You know, so this will be in the notes. Click on it. There's a lot of details. They're talking about the units. They're talking about uh, upgrades. They're discussing the districts and everything. And oh, so not channels, canals. Okay, sorry. I, I, I mispronounced. But anyways, I'm I'm very hyped for this because... Whenever Civ comes out, it always needs two or three expansions to get good. So if the first expansion kind of fills in the gaps, second expansion really like builds on it. But usually that third one is that really drives the point home, you know? So Yeah, I mean, when you could buy video games at Walmart or in stores, like I never bought the Civ games until the gold version came out with all the (laughs) expansions included. Right. Because it just... It it really wasn't worth it until you had the expansions. Right. At least from the base game. Yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, so that's all going to be in the notes. So come take a look. It's excellent stuff. Yeah, no doubt. So now we're going to talk a little while about Age of Wonders Planetfall. And last week we reported uh, on the video they had for the Devar, which are the space dwarves. And, you know, the, the video did a pretty good job of demonstrating the mechanics for the faction this week we got a written update about them and it gives a lot more about the background and play style and that sort of thing so the 
the Devar live on a world that, well, they originate from a world that is bombarded by asteroids every year because it passes through an asteroid belt. Consequently, they've uh, developed a preference for bunkers, living underground, um, exploiting nature on a rapid time scale because they can't stay on the surface of their planet year-round. I thought that was pretty neat. And uh, it shows, uh, this update shows off a lot of their buildings and things like that. They're very industrial looking. Uh, they look like they're hardened uh, to withstand bombardment. So that, you know, obviously for the asteroids and then also for their enemies and this sort of thing. And it shows off some of the Devar equipment uh, that their soldiers wear. Because <laughs> it, it, it's interesting that they, they talk about Tolkien dwarves a lot and they kind of compare the Devar to Tolkien dwarves and you know they point out that in in Tolkien's lore uh, female dwarves are a mystery and in Age of Wonders Planetfall all dwarves are a mystery because they keep their faces covered they got to wear these encounter suits wherever they go because uh, they're not adapted to the atmosphere so their faces are always covered and I don't know I'm looking here at uh, almost a dozen different masks they could wear and they kind of remind me sort of of like uh, world war one uh, helmets and gas masks and this sort of thing so they have kind of that uh, bizarre sort of uh, uh i don't know world war one punk vibe going on with them then it talks coal, about coal punk or or uh, oil punk or something yeah like that. yeah yeah maybe petrol punk petrol like punk that. there you go i like that petrol punk there you go uh then it continues on uh, with each of the units, and you get a really good look at the units. So you can look at some of the heroes and different things like that. And um, they've got all these really wild units. Um, they've got, you know, I, I guess like your regular soldiers and, and guys like that. But then they have this tank type thing that can burrow underground. It's called the sapper. So it can burrow underground and then show up. Uh, right in the middle of your enemies and, and stun them all around. Then they got a big old excavator tank that's got a giant gun on it. And then they've got like a battle mech that is reminiscent of like a Mad Cat battle mech from Battletech. And, uh, Actually, it looks like uh, f uh, from the Robocop movies, the T-900. Oh, yes, it Doesn't does. it look like a heavier-duty right. version of that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. That That's a better description of what it looks like, for sure. Yeah. I just rewatched. it. Let's chase the rabbit here. Uh, the uncensored version of RoboCop 1 ended up on Amazon. Oh, the original? Yeah, the the mm -hmm. well, not even the one that made it in the, the theaters. It was too violent. But uh, I guess it's sort of like a director's cut or something. But it ended up on Amazon for a little while, and I watched it, and yeah. Well. I know what I'll be watching tonight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, all these different things. And then there, there's the the top one is this giant, massive tank thing with these wheels that look like giant grinders that go along and uh, rip up the earth and extract things. And I got to thinking, you know, it looks giant. But then again, these are dwarves. So it might not be very big at all. Who knows? Uh, but basically, the Devar are going to play like hyper-aggressive militarists uh, who value industry and efficiency. So if you're the type of person who really loves the, the combat aspects of Age of Wonders and 
If you're not, you almost have to kind of wonder why you've been playing Age of Wonders all these years. But this is going to be the faction that is best suited for killing people and breaking stuff. So that's what the Devar mm-hmm. are all about. Um, I, I'm pretty impressed with the way it's thought out, Nate, the way it looks. You can tell they've been working on this hard for a long, long time. Very true. And with having Paradox doing the PR for this, you know, this is going to get the word out. I have a feeling the game is going to sell a lot better than Age of Wonders 3 did. Because not, not because it's a better game. I mean, it might be a better game. I think it'll be a better game because it's not fantasy. You know, this is that the futuristic take on, you know, terrestrial space games. And I'm a fan of that for sure. More than fantasy even. But it's like I've, I've read people complaining like, oh, it's Space Dwarfs. How unoriginal. And it's like, you know, the, it's we said it before. We'll say it again. There's a catch-22 here. If you go too alien and too unique and too out there, people are like, oh, I don't understand. I don't feel anything for these factions. I don't care. This game sucks. And if you make it too familiar, oh, I've seen this a million times before. I don't care. This game sucks. So it's kind of like it's a very fine line. You have to to, you know, traverse this very narrow margin of too much or not enough. And so far, I like what I'm seeing. The only thing that I've seen so far that I don't like now, when I say I don't like, I don't mean like, oh, I hate, I will never touch. But I feel like they could have done more with were the heroes for the Kirko. I liked all the other units. I didn't like the heroes. So, but that's a personal preference. That's not a reflection on the faction because i think the faction looks very interesting so i'm very much looking forward to seeing what they're going to be doing with that and since we're already talking about paradox let's go ahead and uh, discuss stellaris so it's going but um by the time you hear this i think you're going to hear this one day before it comes out it's going to be out on december 6th and this is the megacorp and this is a full-blown expansion it isn't just a, a unit pack or a story pack or a music pack it's we're changing everything again, Pack. So you're going to relearn how to play Stellaris for the fourth time now, I Sounds think. Sounds about right. Right? Yeah, somewhere, something like that, which is okay. It's fine. I don't have an issue with that. I'd much prefer this. Like, I've seen it go both ways, you know? But I would, at this point, I would much prefer this than to have had them start on Stellaris 2 because then it would feel like the first game is not complete. You know, so we'll see. I'm I'm okay with this, but I'm sure two, three years down the line when they're like 18, 19 pieces of content for somebody new that's like trying to jump in, they're going to look at this and be like, what is going on here? So we'll see. Anyways, so this week they basically released the Leguin patch notes and they're discussing both the free update and the paid content. It's extensive. I'm not even going to pretend to go through this. We've been going over this for the past few weeks. What I do want to do instead is I want to talk. I mean, I will mention this. They've been updating the UI, and that's always good because the UI is pretty packed for Stellaris. Like, there's so much stuff there that's like sometimes you're looking for something simple and it just takes too many clicks to find it. So they're working on that. And um, lots of bug fixes and adjustments, and, you know, they're giving out some of the features that were paid features before. So, you know, on the one hand, awesome. On the other hand, people are like, that's not fair. I paid for it. Well, it is what it is. So what I do want to talk about is the video series for Explominate that Mark is running right now. So at the time of recording, I believe he has four videos out. And this is based on um, 
he had me post a question on Patreon asking our patrons, by the way, thank you very much for your feedback. And then he posted the same thing in our YouTube channel. I mean, in our uh, Steam forums and a bunch of people jumped in and he collected some past entries into, you know, which factions are there. And now he's playing it out. And I watched it. It's it's pretty funny. He does such a good job with this stuff. So I think that if you've if you have not seen one of his role playing ish let's plays, you should. I think he said he's going to be publishing basically a video each day until it comes out. So at the time of recording, it's probably like four more videos, maybe five more videos. So, anyways, definitely the the links will be in the notes. Come check it out. We're all pretty excited for Megacorp. We're starting to put our thoughts together about uh, our game of the year, expansion of the year, most improved 4X, you know, guilty pleasure, whatever, you know, the game that's not. So I think this is going to, because so far this year, the stuff that's been released for Stellaris has been middling at best, but Megacorp might jump it up to a contender for expansion of the year or maybe even most improved game of the year so i don't know we'll have to see it should be an interesting vote so stay tuned to that we're not going to be doing a written piece this year we're going to get back to more written pieces like this next year this year is going to be another podcast so let me see i think that's it for stellaris Takeaway for Interspell, Interstellar Space Genesis. Yeah, so ISG got an update this week, and they are now in Alpha. So that is a big step for them. They've been working on this game for five years. We've known about it for about two years, and they are now in Alpha. They've been in pre-Alpha. The game is still available through the Humble Store widget for 25 bucks, but once they enter beta, I think think they're gonna stop selling it then and the only way to get in is i guess to apply so if you want to be in for the alpha and the beta test you have to get it off their uh humble store kind of right now because it doesn't seem like they're going to be in alpha all that long from the way i'm reading this they're wanting to get some up you know updates and feedbacks from the people who've been playing and then they're going to proceed to beta fairly soon now. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It's a solid game, and it's there. I think it's undergoing stress tests right now, basically. Yeah, uh, I believe you're correct. And uh, the people who have been playing it have, have had positive things to report on it so far. Again, that was all pre-alpha, right? It's not uh, a finished product yet, so you never know. But so far, the reports have been really, really strong. So in this ne- latest update, entering into alpha... Uh, they've done some reworking of diplomacy, basically, where you can request uh, defense, and it used to be the AI would ask for too much. Now they're asking for something a bit more reasonable, and so you don't have to turn them down as much. Uh, the AI got some improvement as well. It's more aggressive on the higher difficulty level, which is really good. I don't know if ale is available, but there you go. And uh, the AI is going to be building higher class ships now. It used to only build the smaller frigate class. Now it's going to be moving up. They're adding in more tool tips and weapon descriptions and all this sort of thing, which is really good and important. And, you know, about a dozen bug fixes, which is not too bad. Not too bad for a game that's entering alpha. So that's good to see. So ISG is getting close to beta. It's getting really close. So if you want in, again, I'm just going to say, if you want in before it comes out, think you better get it on their humble store now 
Uh, I haven't played it, haven't tried it. Uh, Oliver's uh, Mo- been playing it. He yeah. likes it. Moo clones are not my thing. I've got enough of them already, but uh, maybe this one will be a little bit different. So um, I'm go- we're going to have a link in there to their YouTube page that has uh, gameplay videos and things like that. And, uh, so, you know, in case you hearing about it is not enough and you want to see it, it's going to be in there. Now, moving on, um, this past week, Amplitude Studios uh, had a stream where they showed off gameplay from the upcoming Umbral Choir DLC. But it's this is not a DLC. This is an expansion. They're going to have, they showed off, it's the new, they didn't show off the Umbral Choir, the faction. And they didn't say what the name of this expansion is going to be called. But they showed it off. And usually when they show it off, it's, you know, two to three months short of release. And uh, I'm not really going to spoil anything. It's about, I think it's like 55, 56 minutes long. It's it's good. It shows the new hacking mechanics. It gives you an idea about what to expect. It's it's using stuff that was in the game at release. So um, you, you know you remember the screen where you could it's like the enhanced mode where you can click on it and you can see like the trade routes and you can see like the political spectrum to see what each system voted for and things like that but it yeah, always felt like and that sort of right thing. but you're like it always felt like there's so much that could be done here that isn't being done right well here this new mechanic is going to be utilizing it so you're going to see a lot more usage here and i'm i'm excited i'm hoping I, I know they've said that they won't do this, at least not to the degree that we'd like, but I see a lot of people asking, myself included, that they rework the ground combat, you know? So they're already reworking uh, naval, con- like space combat, they're stream- streamlining it, and, you know, they're, they've been, they're taking feedback. Okay, what can we do? When we see the G2G mod, which is like the public beta where they test they let the community test the work that's going to be implemented in future patches we see that and they've recently actually i guess for lack of a better word upgraded combat not the visuals themselves but like some of the functionality but i think it needs more so i'm hoping that they can get on it maybe maybe in a future expansion like do a faction that's a ground combat specialist so they're kind of like they have a reason to go in and redo it but yeah yeah. that's something the game really needs for sure yeah it's again it's not a question of oh i want i want a tactical combat i want a you know age of wonders yeah it's not that but it needs a rework it needs to be better because even stellaris is doing it yeah if stellaris is having a rework there then i mean you know amplitude can't let endless space Two fall behind because you know it's gotta gotta lead from the front guys come on we can do this but yeah really looking forward to it and uh okay let's oh, i i think we talked quite a bit about diplomatic interactions i think so let's i think we should talk a little bit more about it so this this past week there was another update to total war three kingdoms it's again another video from the team um Six to eight minutes, eight minutes, seven minutes, something like that. The link's going to be in the notes. I'm not going to go step by step, but I will mention one thing that I really like. Now, this is a mechanic that they sort of reintroduced in Thrones of Britannia, and now they're expanding further on it. So when, like, you have it in other 4X games, like different types of alliances, but here it's, I mean, this is historically based, so you have to stay close to the source material if you want it to be taken seriously, right? So 
before you do alliances, before you do defensive packs, first you have to build coalitions. And the way coalitions work is you invite people. And as your relationship grows within a coalition, you can upgrade it to a defensive pack. Now, not all the members in the coalition have to be involved and not everybody is going to want to participate. So the ones that are like, oh, we want to be in a coalition together, but we don't want to be in a defensive pack. So they're excluded, but you're still part of the coalition. And from there, you can move on to alliances. And I mean, it's it's interesting because this is a very critical point that was important if you want to like taking the history of China into context and understand what was going on there is just this fluidity amongst that. I mean, that's how it was in Europe too. You constantly had these coalitions, defensive pacts, alliances that were broken and rebuilt and all kinds of stuff. So I, I'm curious to see what they do with this, but you know, this is a total war game. All these other things are important, but ultimately the most important thing in a total war game is the warfare. And they have not changed the AI in a long time. So some of the problems that you've seen in iteration after iteration of Total War games continues. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually finally tackle it this time around or if it's just, you know, reusing the engine and, you know, putting a new surface layer on it, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. All right. So this week we're going to talk about Dustwind. That is the game that we're going to feature in our what is section. And it's brief. Dustwind is, as a their description is a post-apocalyptic real-time tactics game. Now, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The tactics, you know, the squad-based tactics, all that stuff, that's been huge. We've seen it in, we've seen turn-based variety We've seen real-time, we've seen it in fantasy, we're seeing it in uh, science fiction, we're seeing it in post-apocalypse, alien invasion, we're seeing it over and over, and it's really interesting to see how each studio tries to push the envelope. You know, they're trying to create something new. So the link is going to be there. Come check it out. Um, it's it's neat. It's neat. It's kind of like at a quick glance, it makes me think a little bit of Fallout. You know, what would Fallout look like if it was, uh, you know, a, a squad tactics game versus being an RPG or a first person perspective game, you know? Mm hmm. So, yeah, so definitely click, take a look. I mean, I like what I see. This is not XCOM, so don't expect to have XCOM level of production, but uh, it's it's not bad for what I'm seeing, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get something to report on this in the near future. If, uh, you know, if the game really does tend to shine, we'll have some hopefully some kind of coverage for it in the future. And now I think we should talk about November's poll. So why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, uh, interesting results from the November Steam sale poll. Uh, only 7% of the people said they're great. Uh, the majority, though, well, I shouldn't say majority, the plurality. The most votes went to, they're okay, and that's kind of how I feel. I feel this, the sales are okay. My biggest problem is now I've got so many games that I don't feel like I need a whole lot of games anymore. So that's kind of where I am. Uh 33% said they're meh, and 13% said they're, they suck, and then 10 votes didn't use Steam at all. So that's where we are on that, and I think that kind of reflects the, the broader interest. Like, I remember, Nate, when we first started 
Exploraminate. It seems like, well, for one thing, they used to do those flash sales, you know, where mm, you could yeah, find yeah, yeah. games yep. for like two or three bucks, like really big time games, super cheap. But you could only do it for like an hour or something. And like, that was great. That was really good. When you could get Skyrim for like $2, uh, that was fantastic. Um, I think I picked up Skyrim and Kentucky Route Zero on a flash sale way back in the day but now that i mean they they quit that practice a few years ago and so now i mean it's more fair it's less exciting and interesting um i imagine it's probably better for the developers it's just that it's been a long time well okay thea 2 has my interest i'm excited about thea 2 i'm excited about age of wonders planetfall but it, it's been a it's been a couple of years since I've really been excited about a game, and enough that I might buy it on sale. So that's kind of where I am with that. Uh, if you were going to vote on this, what would you have said? Oh, I did vote on it. So what'd you say? <laughs> they're meh. Yeah. Because not because I feel that the discounts are not good. They're not. But I feel that way, especially at this time of the year, because we had three sales, one after the other. We had October. We had November and we have the upcoming December sale and you get a much better deal on these games on publisher weekends than you do on these seasonal sales. That's true. You know, and you don't, and it's weird. It's like, it's some of the stuff that's discounted on these sales are really weird. So I don't know. It's, it doesn't feel exciting like it used to be. You're not catching anything cool. It's kind of like going to a supermarket. Oh, there's. You know, tomatoes are twenty percent off. Bananas on this week are three ninety nine. Organic bananas are two ninety nine or three ninety nine a pound. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> that's how I feel about these sales. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Sad now, but I'm, true. I don't. I don't play like Crusader Kings or Europa Universalis, where there's mm-hmm. tons of DLC, where maybe one of these sales would be good for me, Mm-mm. or. Uh, what is like one of those ridiculous ones like train simulator oh forget that i think it's got like zillions of dlcs something like a a few thousand dollars worth of dlcs maybe yeah yeah it's it's insane so i don't i don't play those kinds of games you know um i i've really enjoyed playing space tyrant recently Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um which oh, has no oh. DLC. Uh, Speaking of Space Tyrant, by the time you hear this, our review for it is going to be up. Oh, that's true. Yep. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's a it's a game that it's self contained. I think it was on sale for five or six bucks a few weeks ago, which is definitely worth seven, the money. Seven bucks, I think. It was, was it seven bucks? Yeah, still worth I think it was like seven or eight bucks. And people were asking, "Oh, is it worth it?" It's like, yes, it is. Yeah, yes, I mean, you'll get is. your money's worth out of it. You'll get your money's worth out of it. So anyway, if, if you buy it at that price, you'll definitely get your money's worth out of it. So uh, anyway, um, I'm not, but I'm also middle-aged, you know? I'm not young and single and that sort of thing. So I'm probably not the target audience for these sales anymore, you know? Maybe if I were really old and retired an empty nester and I was looking for things to do, maybe that would be it, but... Right now, like my career and real life concerns, way more important than video games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Says the guy on the video game website. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) But, uh, you know, you got to have your priorities, even if you do something as a hobby. That's right. Speaking of which, you should check out this month's poll because, Troy, I couldn't have set it up any better. You did a good job. Have you seen this month's poll? 
I just voted on it like an hour ago. Okay, is that why you mentioned the hobby thing? No, but it oh. does tie in well. You're right. So, yeah, so you should check out this month's poll because Troy said it, you know, set it up perfectly. Okay, well, with that said, uh, definitely keep an eye out on our YouTube channel. There's stuff from Mark. There's going to be some stuff coming from Dallin this week also. So there's some activity there. And let me see. Okay, let's talk about games we're playing. So, tr oh, speaking of YouTube, your World of Tank Blitz videos are up. I watched those. Yeah, I should have another one up this week. It was interesting to listen to your commentaries. You're talking about the various tanks. I found it really funny that you talked about how the Russian tanks are so good, but you neglected to mention the pack, the fact that Wargaming is a Russian company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is definitely. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind because I love playing the Russian tanks, but yeah, they're really good. Dude, those Russian tanks were not that good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think the T-30, like in real life, the T-34... And the yes. KV-1 were really good in World War II. After that, yes. I don't know. But in World War II, Russia had the best tanks. They really did. Mm -hmm. At the end of the war. Yeah, at the end of the war. Yeah, yeah. for sure. The Germans if, definitely... If Germany wasn't being crushed the way it was and it would continue developing its tank technology, the Russian tanks wouldn't have stood up. And this is coming from somebody who is Russian. So, anyways, moving on, let's talk about games you're playing. So, what have you played this week besides World of uh, I played like I've I've I'm done with uh, Space Tyrant now. Although I thoroughly enjoyed my time with it, I'm I'm probably gonna go back and try to beat the campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've started playing Thea two because mm -hmm. I've been waiting for that for a long time now, and mm -hmm. I've only got an hour in okay. because I had some technical trouble. You remember when I was doing um, Aggressors Ancient Rome, uh -huh. and I kept having trouble with my graphics card. My computer oh, wants to put. Is he doing it again? Uh, yeah, yeah. My computer keeps wanting to put everything on the integrated graphics card instead of Ugh. my NVIDIA card. I don't know why. So anyway, I got that sorted out, and that took me a while. But I have to say that the new Thea absolutely recaptured the atmosphere of the original Thea, and it is so good to be back in that world. I am enjoying it once <sighs> again, exploring that setting uh doing the quests um mm -hmm. they're even more complex oh and yes engaging now i still don't read them all the way you should like i didn't with <laughs> with the one you should they're funny they're they're but so they're much really good they're so much really work good. gets put into that you should be reading them shame I on know. you troy shame oh, on you that's the For same shame. way i was the first one like i was like i'm not reading one of this crap click 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 but no they're they're ve you're right they're very well written they're fun they're engaging and they're complex it's not just a a a, a straight line plot with these quests and events that you get like, there's some real complexity in the writing and in the structure of, well, of the plot of these. And it, honestly, I, I'm very impressed with how engaging they are. So, Depending on the party composition, like the party members that are engaged in a particular quest, the outcomes change. Yeah, so it's if, fantastic. if you're not reading the whole thing, you might be missing out on some stuff. I have really so, good intuition. But anyway, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Yeah. It it's been it's been great. The combat system it's gonna take me a while to learn. Oh, I've learned it already. Uh, I figured it out. It's 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 good. I think it's an improvement. 
Yeah, there there was some pe- there's one strategy people have been using where they wait till the very end to place all their cards so mm-hmm. that way they can line optimize up the, line up their cards to the monsters to to arrange the attacks in the way that they want. However, if you do that, like all your attacks come at the end. Yes. Because the later you play your attacks, it's where you go in the initiative order. So I thought that's a really great way to balance this where yeah, you can place your cards more strategically, your characters more strategically, but they're going to attack late. So can oh. you withstand the early onslaught? So oh, thought, there's there's more to it than that. Yeah, for sure. But I thought it was really well designed. But again, like it 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 took me a little while to learn combat, and the first one's going to take me, I think, a little bit longer to learn combat. Than well. This one. Let me tell you what I find very interesting. So what you just described. So, Nate, have mm-hmm. you been playing Thea 2? Yes, yes. Sorry. Okay. So what else have you been playing? That. What else have you been playing? No, is that's that it, it for you? That's it. Okay. So I've actually, up until I fired up. So I had access to Thea, but not to the early access release until, uh, I think, I want to say Tuesday of last week. So that gives me like that gave me like two or three days because I backed it on maybe even earlier maybe Monday because I backed it up on Kickstarter I backed I backed it on Kickstarter so we got that access a little bit earlier and um, yeah so I had I I have maybe like seven hours of play and I can honestly report that I've not had any lockups any bugs any crashes hard or soft or anything so I have not experienced any of this I've seen like some stuff that's misspelled, and I've seen things like uh, not named correctly. So it'll say like description, faction, you know, underscore, underscore. So I let them know when I see it, I report it. And like with each patch, they disappear. So like as you said earlier, um, there's pretty much been a single patch every single day. Not a hot fix, but an actual patch every single day. And I think on one of the days, there were, I think on Saturday, they actually had two of them. So we're recording this on a Sunday night. So at this point, there's like five patches since Friday. So that's pretty substantial. That's I mean, that's how EA should be. Now, the one, of course, there's a caveat here. Each patch invalidates a save game. Right. So I'm like, it's the game is hard. The game in Thea 1, I think it was maybe halfway through, like after the game was out, a couple of maybe a year after it was out, they were still, they were patching it till the end. They were adding free content. They were doing all kinds of stuff. But what they did is they added more sliders to the difficulty where you can really tweak the difficulty. You want more of this, less of that. Like the the game that has that right now, the, who that does it the best is Stellaris. Like where you have all these controls for difficulty and probably Distant Worlds Universe and Endless Space 2 is pretty good with that as well. But not as good as Stellaris. I think Stellaris is the best. And and prior to that, it was Thea by far. And that's to me what's missing here because oh my god. So here's for example in Thea 1. Let's say you encountered some kind of a monster party and the result of the engagement was that you somehow managed to escape alive you lost but not everybody's dead or everybody's injured the chance of you encountering this monster party again was not that not that good and i mean that in a good way like next turn it wasn't another engagement with this monster party not in thea 2 if you engage a monster party and you don't so in my case it's wild animal or something like that and if you don't wipe them out Next turn, they're coming back for you. They want, especially at night, they want more. 
that didn't get enough. So man, it's tough. And like in my seven hours, I've only managed to build one settlement, like survive long enough to build the idol so I can start the settlement. It's that tough. And like, it was, that was actually a solid game. My, my settlement was growing. I had like 12 members. I was like finally able to withstand like, yeah, you were doing really well. I was doing really well. And then another patch comes out and I'm like, no. And then that's it. Now I'm back to where I was before, (laughs) like getting stomped. So what happens is there's so many events which is good. I like this. But I don't engage. Like, if I have an option of leave, run away, <laughs> investigate, why don't you find? No. I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. So, yeah, I'm, I'm losing out. But it's just I'm tired of seeing my people dropping like flies, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think they have to make a few more adjustments to the early game. Yeah. But... Like I'm, I'm enjoying those events and quests, even if I lose. Although I did beat one today with my initial party. Huh? Uh, was it the, two? Was it two bats? No, it was. Um, there's some scavengers looking in some ruins, and you can negotiate with them to search the ruins together. Huh? And so I beat them in the negotiation challenge, and so we got. I got like some extra weapons. Nice. And oh, I discovered that kids can use crossbows. That really kind of surprised yeah, me. Can, that kids can do ranged weapons. They just yeah. they can't carry as much and they can't move as far. So if you have a party uh, that has kids in it, it moves slower. Like it acts like it's encumbered, basically. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I so like. I, I, I was like, really uh, pleased to see that they could use a crossbow because I got an extra crossbow in that loot uh, pile. Nice. nice. And uh, I, I, like, want oh, more, I want more. I want more porches for the kids. Right. Because you're seeing the same ones, the same couple. Well, that's okay. They'll add more art. Oh, I know. I know. No, no. I'm I'm enjoying myself. I had no intention of playing so much because I've been so enamored with Red Dead Redemption 2 for the past month and a half. So speaking of games I'm playing. So here's another game I'm playing, Red Dead Redemption 2. I beat the game. I beat the epilogues, the follow and everything. I'm like... If I were going to do it, I can 100% the game at this point. It's just I don't know if it's worth the grind. So then the the um, Red Dead Redemption Online or Red, Red Dead Online or whatever the hell they're going to call it. So that's up. I created my character. I played one night. <laughs> I had somebody. Their matchmaking is so weird. Like when you have a bunch of noobs, you should not have anybody that's more than two or three levels above you playing with you. So in a particular room or lobby or whatever you want to call it, I don't even know what to call it, that I was in, uh, somebody was like level 25. So you're thinking like level 25. Yeah. But when everybody else running around the level two and three, that's, that's a big difference. And this person like comes in on, on a horse. That's like a Ferrari. We're all driving jalopies, like, you know, old nags. We're trying to get our first two missions down so we can actually get a decent horse, decent enough horse. And this dude comes flying in. I don't even see where he came from. Next thing you know, I'm pulled off the horse. He ties me up, throws me on the ground (laughs) and takes off. And I'm thinking like, you have two options, struggle until you get loose or just die so you can respawn. And I'm just like, I'm not going to die. Forget that. So I struggle to break loose and the dude takes off. And I'm like, what the hell? Dude, what's your problem? You know, but like I, whatever. So I try to get back to my mission and I'm like, so the, the thing that they have there now is that you start a like a stranger mission, right? So somebody like an NPC gives you a mission. There's, and they're pretty cool missions, by the way. So that's definitely cool. The payout sucks. 
So that's going to be a huge problem here because I know that they're trying to get people to spend money like they did on Grand Theft Auto online. But when they did that, like me and a bunch of people I played with, we all quit. None of us ever went back to it because it's like, forget it. But if they're going to do that here, then you know what? I'm not going to play this game. I don't care how much I like the the single player. I will not give them a penny. Never will I buy my spend a penny on a microtransaction ever. Nor will I spend time grinding it out. If there's no opportunity to do that without it, forget it. I'm done. But anyway, so here's what happens. So uh, one of the things that you can do is that you start a stranger mission like Maybe you're delivering mail, so you become like a mail carrier. So you're like going on your horse as fast as you can, trying to deliver mail while you have like bandits trying to take you or other players. And if somebody snatches your mail back from you, then they take over your mission. So now they're delivering mail, so they get the benefits. So it's it's kind of neat. I like it. There's other ones like that. So I start a mission, and this fool comes out of nowhere, yanks me off my horse, ties me up, and I'm like, Dude, what is he gonna do? Like molest me now? What's gonna happen? What what's his plan next and he takes off i'm like man so it's like i try to get back to my mission and i see him creeping up on me again and i'm like fine so i let him get up close and then i stab him to death. and uh after that he left me alone so <laughs> that's my red dead redemption experience but yeah so that's it just been playing some thea red dead redemption very soon i'm going to pick up aggressors so i can get back to working in a review but um I, that's it for me. Not much of anything else really. I've been following the games, but not other than, you know, unexpectedly playing Thea and getting brutalized by everything there. And brutalized it is. Brutalizing very much so. But I think that's it. You got anything else? No. Is there anything you'd like to say before we close up? Just the usual thank you to our patrons for supporting us. Thank you for your engagement. We appreciate your support. And we appreciate the fact that you gave Mark some ideas for his videos thank you to our community members because if you guys didn't listen to us and watch our videos we would not be doing this so thank thank you and we're continuing work with a couple of new writers behind the scenes so you you read one of the pieces from sam spackman he's working on another one so i'm curious to see what it looks like and we have another new writer that we're working with but he's still in the earlier stages so maybe we'll have a piece from him um in the next maybe six to eight weeks or something like that because we take time it's it's a lot of work and i hate to dump all this stuff on one person that doesn't expect it because we've had people that have quit before the first piece ever dropped so i think that's it that's it for this week all right very good well we've really enjoyed having you with us this week on our weekly exchange podcast we hope you join us next time this has been troy and nate for explorminate Take care, everyone. See ya.